Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today we are joined by our 2021-22 Neighborhood Guide Photographer, Jamie Kelter-Davis. Jamie is a local photographer, storyteller, and traveler based in Logan Square, who shoots compelling visual narratives with subjects ranging from women in farming, organic agriculture projects about the American Midwest, art activism, women fighting for social justice using art, aging in rural areas, and now the small business community of Andersonville. Welcome, Jamie. How are you today? Great. How are you? We're good. Uh, We're happy it's Friday. We're recording this on a Friday, so hooray for that. Pardon the um, baby noises in the background. (laughs) So we like to start um, each episode with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and what type of projects and jobs do you usually work on? Cool. Well, thank you for having me. So I've always been into photography. My mom was a photographer and she always had her camera with her everywhere she went. And thankfully now we have a pretty amazing collection of photos throughout the years. Um, And then in high school, I loved the dark room and I went on to study photography and I graduated with a photo degree uh, from Columbia. Um, So I've dabbled in actually most kinds of photography through the years. My husband and I have a business right now where we specialize in event and wedding photography. But then on my own, I also do a lot of portraits. I do corporate work, commercial, advertising, editorial. I love photographing people and the human condition. Telling stories through photography is really what I enjoy most. So um, and right now, I'm just, I really want to focus a lot more on journalism work. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And what does that look like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I really obviously like love telling stories through photography um, and which is why the Andersonville job was so much fun. Um, but, you know, journalism work is a little bit more assignment-based, really um, like photographing the human condition. So I really love the idea of being be given assignments to go out and shoot um, either nationally or internationally. So that's my new, my new dream photography-wise that I'm focusing on. We'll get kind of more into the neighborhood guide, um, but you did shoot some images for us of kind of empty storefront spaces. Is that kind of in line with a little bit about what you want to do to kind of show um, kind of real moment, real time um, parts of history? Uh, Yeah. So throughout the, so throughout the pandemic, um, I have been sort of wandering the streets of different neighborhoods and the, um, it was really fun. I think it was like probably just a few weeks of the official um, stay at home order that I realized like I was like, I, I cannot sit still. I'm used to like working from coffee shops, like working, you know, from wherever, running around to different photo jobs. Um, so within like a week, I went down to uh, up. I live in Logan Square. So up to Logan um, Andersonville and really loved just like walking around. It was kind of eerie, but the light came coming into like the storefronts and the cafes and the restaurants and shooting um, really what seemed to be everything stopped you know, like the tables were set, you know, a lot of times the chairs were all ready, but it was ready. No one expected us to be shut down for that long. So that was some, there's some of my favorite photos from the um, really strict shutdown time. And yeah, I know I had that question too. Um, You sort of built this whole narrative. What other neighborhoods did you visit? Did you ever kind of title this series of the empty neighborhood um, businesses and like everything just on pause. Um, There were just some really beautiful shots of various areas around the city on your Instagram. 
Yeah, thanks. I actually, I, I am updating my website to have sort of these like quiet times during quarantine series. Um, it's sometimes not so quiet, but I, I realized kind of early on, like, you know, I was kind of walking around my own neighborhood over and over and over. And I was like, wait, there's no reason I can't just get in my car and go explore other neighborhoods and walk around. So um, anywhere, like even the loop was just, it was amazing to go down there and have no one there. Um, but also during that time, really focusing in on like, it was like March, April, May, everything's a little gray and mundane. But as soon as this, um, the sun would come out, like everything just seemed like so interesting, even like a piece of a bag in the grass, you know, like, so I just feel like we might be appreciating more um, as we were sort of stuck in our houses. So I just really enjoyed photographing mundane moments and making them hopefully beautiful. Well, the Andersonville Neighborhood Guide is a yearly print publication produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. The new edition usually comes out every year before Midsummer Fest in June. But due to COVID-19 and the craziness of 2020, the third edition of our Photo Forward publication was delayed um, and is finally releasing this month in early 2021. So Jamie, you were actually working on this project for us for more than a year. What was it like capturing the neighborhood in general, kind of starting in the fall of 2019 into the fall of 2020? And I know we touched on a little bit about the quiet moments of COVID, but. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so interesting because, um, you know, I started right like in February, it was just like, I was right there with small business owners in Andersonville just before the pandemic hit and then when it hit. Um, so for me, like that's always going to be ingrained in my memory, um, COVID and Andersonville small businesses. And um, I just remember having these conversations like in the early days, like literally a week before everything got shut down and talking to the owners, um, the business owners and the employees, you know, everyone was like worried, the uncertainty of what would happen. i just, we had looking back on it, like we had no idea. I remember talking to some employees at one of the, one of the shops that I was photographing and we were just kind of thinking, I remember we said, maybe, maybe they should just shut us everyone down for two weeks and let's just get this over with. Like we thought that, you know, if we would just shut down for two weeks, everything would be fine. Um, and then I remember um, the final day before everything actually, all, all the stores and all the businesses really did have to close. And I ran around to a few more businesses um, and just that feeling of like every panic a little bit, you know, even just the, the unknowing. So I think it was really interesting to be part of um, photographing these small businesses right before. And also it's amazing that just weeks before that, I got in a few restaurants, I got in the hot, you know, hot yoga studio, these things that now, you know, we would have never been able to capture. So it was, it was interesting. Um, and then now fast forward to when we were able to safely photograph again, um, the businesses, you know, the sense of relief, but also still uncertainty, photographing people with masks on, um, and, you know, just photographing really what we could without, you know, like restaurants full of people, um, that kind of stuff. So I would say that just being able to do this guide during COVID times has been, is going to always be in my memory. It's a really amazing and interesting experience. Yeah, and I will say a lot of these photographs that you were able to capture of the businesses in May, June, July, who you ended up shooting during COVID, the mask thing actually was important to them, right? So 
we, we do, I mean, here's the disclaimer, like you're going to open this book and see, you know, the pre COVID shots. And then the during COVID shots, some of the business owners are still photographed without a mask because they're in there alone or, you know, them and their business partner in the same household or anything like that. I know every precaution was followed by you, Jamie, and them as well. Um, but there are some of the advertorials specifically where the businesses have chosen to show themselves with masks because I think we just, none of us really know how long this will last. Um, yeah. But I know. <laughs> But it is interesting because now you see pictures of people close together and you're like, ooh, they're not wearing masks. Like, <laughs> and it's yeah. just, it's been interesting, I think, um, for me too, as you know, we're going through the process of layout for the book and everything like that, just to like sort of um, coach the businesses on the best selection and how they want to present and what their, um, you know, governing bodies in some cases, like with the Clark, where they're a medical facility, like they have to make sure they're presenting um, accurately to how the health experience currently looks. So, oh yeah, it's like, it's hard to say, um, how long will masks will be here. I know I was photographing another project and, um, it was a group photo and, and I sort of left it up to them. Like how I didn't know what their comfort level was, if they wanted masks or not. And they were like, yeah, we definitely want masks because even if this, these are shown in years now, who knows, but like, just, we want to normalize the mask. Like we're so beyond the point of it being, um, like even early on when I started, you know, shooting in Andersonville, you know, there's been all these different like levels of mask wearing, not, not mask wearing, then mask wearing. And then uh, sort of now I just feel like it's just, it is more of a normal thing. It's nothing to be weirded out by. So I think even these photos will still be timeless. We won't look back on them and be like, isn't that weird? We are wearing masks. I think it's going to be a little bit more like, yeah, sometimes we wear masks now. <laughs> I don't know. So it's just sort of added though, the, the, the extra layer to remembering everything when you leave the house, like, yeah. it's just like, and then like, even like little things, you know, cause I, you know, we at the office here, you know, really have kind of followed the recommendations and the mandates and stay where have been staying at home and six feet apart as much as possible. And then you realize when, you know, there are tasks that need to be done, like, you know, back in October, we had our Halloween event and um, and you know, we had volunteers to help us and it's real. I realized like, I can't take a volunteer with me in my car, you know, like little things like that, that I'm so used to being able to do, or like, you know, collectively as a group, like sitting, how does, how does that work to sit in a vehicle now together, you know, and like, right. you can be yeah. asked and the windows can be down, but it's just, it, you've had to become now more thoughtful, um, about everything that you do. Yeah. And, and with photography, um, it's been really interesting with masks. Like, um, obviously, we rely on a lot, of, a lot how people's facial expressions mm -hmm. come across when we're taking photos of people. Um, so it's been a really challenging time um, with this, you know, with with Andersonville project project and other projects, trying to capture people and have them feel comfortable. Like, how do you show someone? how do you, you really have to focus on their body language more than ever, you know, like you don't have, you can't see their mouths and you know, you, you really are like, you want people to be smiling because you can really tell in your eyes, but like, are they relaxed, you know? Um, but then on the flip side, I was thinking about it that um, sometimes um, people obviously get really self-conscious about their, their photos being taken and people have, you know, different issues with, you know, how they feel about it. Um, and sometimes the mask actually, I think, 
relaxes people because it's like this one little part that's like, oh, I'm always really self-conscious about my teeth or my mouth, you know, and so they sort of feel like they even get a little more comfortable. So it's been a really interesting um, situation with masks. And then for me, it's the cons. I've realized um, that, you know, just if like if you wear glasses and you wear a mask, they get fogged up. Well, the same thing happens with the viewfinder and a camera. So that's like a constant issue. And I realized early on, I was like, why am I holding my breath every time I take a photo? And I'm like gasping for air because I was holding my breath every time I brought the camera up to my face so that it wouldn't fog up. Um, so that's that's another thing you have to deal with, with now. Right, I was gonna touch on that too, because I think like with all of our movements, right? It has sort of like affected everything that we do. And I can imagine when you're used to kind of holding something up close to your face, like it's just become this completely different experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. Early, especially early on, like we had a few small weddings this summer too. And that was, you know, you wear a mask then for, for an extended amount of time in the middle of summer, usually of course, outdoors. Um, so you had the heat and you had the camera. Um, early on, I remember the peripheral situation threw me a lot. Like, you know, you're always looking around and that not being able to kind of see all the way because the mask <laughs> was something that was very foreign so yeah it's funny when you say you know about like you know how to how do you like show expression in photos I had like I had this nightmare last night that's like you know the recurring COVID nightmare or whatever but we had a get together at our house for some reason but it was still like you still had to wear a mask but people wouldn't wear masks but I was wearing my mask and someone was like why do you look so angry? And I'm like, but I'm not angry. You're just like, I'm smiling. I'm smiling under my mask. But yeah, I'm like, don't you see that? And they're like, yeah. why are you like this? And I was like, no, but I'm not. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's, I have, that's like another thing. It's, it is as most people, when you're conversing with someone, you, you do realize how much you want to look friendly, especially, you know, as a photographer. And when you're interacting with someone, I rely a lot on making sure people are as comfortable as possible. Um, and so you just realize like that is a lot to do with just smiling for me, at least, you know, not everyone, but, you know, just getting people comfortable. Um, I, re I just realized that I was like, oh, do I, do people know that I'm like, I'm smiling at their, or I'm laughing at their jokes or, you know, like I'm smiling with them or those kinds of things. Like you just sort of realize like people can't, people can't see. So, yeah, I, I think of that a lot, a lot. Cause, cause Joelle has a has a new baby and she's been kind of growing up in this time. And, you know, infants are so, you know, they need to see, you know, faces and, and recognize expression. And that's a part of their development. And she's been seeing so many people just with yeah. masks. Like that's, I just, I, I can't even kind of like navigate yeah. what that's going to be like. Masks you know, are I don't know. this where she's like very used to seeing people on the screen <laughs> unmasked or yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, are you all, are you both familiar with like the children's magazine highlights? Yes. I love that yeah. as a kid. <laughs> so he gets highlights. Hello, which is the baby version. And it's very like basic and illustrated and whatever. My sister shows me yesterday on FaceTime that the, um, like middle toddler, like four to five to six year old version of highlights has now started illustrating their stories with people wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> oh so that the kids are very used to seeing it you know so like there she's oh. like look at this like she's flipping through the December issue and it's like all of the kids and the families and everything they're talking about in the stories in highlights are wearing masks currently so 
good for them. Good yeah. Job. And that's like, kind of goes back to that ideal of idea of like normalizing the mask, you know, not making it such a like weird, odd thing, like just, just normalize it at least for now. <laughs> Maybe that helps for the kids. Yeah. So, um, I will say when you pick up the guide, we have worked in some editorial content about COVID, like how could we not write? Um, it's such a big part of 2020 and beyond. Um, so definitely look for some of Jamie's photographs on, um, you know, those quiet quarantine moments, as you called it, um, <laughs> working those into the editorial because they are, they're beautiful. And, um, I think definitely worth seeing, um, in a sort of more artful context. Um, so hopefully we can display more of them somehow. Um, but I'm just curious too. So obviously through this experience, like there's been a lot of learning curves, like with everything going on with the pandemic. Um, but you have gotten to know our business owners. Do you have any moments that particularly stick out from you? I mean, you did something like uh, 40 shoots or 35. I know it was supposed to be 40. We shifted a little bit here and there, but more than 40 part perhaps even shoots for us over the year. Um, do you have any favorite moments? Um, yeah, you know, it's so funny. I was, I, had, I was thinking about this and because it spanned over, you know, like we had that big break in the middle, I was like going back and looking at the photos, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, like it was like, honestly, it is, it is just like a example of a dream job for me to be totally honest, just getting to know all of these people, taking the time to chat with them, not only taking portraits, but like, you know, like at some, you know, sometimes participating in their businesses, you know, like before COVID stuff, um, going to Bar Roma and they just made this like huge amount of food. So it covered the table and then they're like, eh, take it home. And, you know, it was just, I got to hang out in the bar, taking photos of people hanging out, um, just being able to like participate, I think in the businesses, um, be yoga. That was, it was so funny that day I was doing at the beginning, I sort of scheduled them like pretty tight all in one day. <laughs> kind of lucky that I got to like do it again. Cause I was like, I should space that out. Cause I didn't realize how far down it was on Clark and I was running down the street and I get there and I changed into it because it was going to be a hot yoga class and, but it was awesome because I used to do hot yoga. So it was really cool to just like, like be part of the class and shoot it. Uh, you know, meeting the dogs at urban pooch Simon's has like such a special part of my heart because I've lived in Chicago most of my life, but I've never actually lived in Andersonville. So what's cool about that is that Andersonville has always been this like really special neighborhood that I visit. So, so it's almost like even better because like I see all these businesses as like these special places. I, I still view them that way. And Simon's especially during the holidays. So it was really fun to meet Scott, the owner and hear about like the history of Simon's and share a drink with him. And it was just really great. So yeah, I think the experience of actually experiencing the businesses firsthand were just some of the best moments. Also like at Hopleaf, you know, just like having gone there for so long and being able to eat, meet the owners and they're so like down to earth and chit chat about our favorite dive bars around the city. And just like, it was just so cool to like meet them and have them be so open and chatty. And it was great. Yeah. And that was actually, I believe your first shoot um, yeah. businesses specifically for those advertorials. So that's really fun to kind of think back on it in that terms too. Um, and I know like we even, we were lucky enough to have you shoot a little bit for us during Andersonville Restaurant Week, uh, the beginning of 2020 yeah. <laughs> um, at Itza Prima. And again, like thinking back on that now, I'm like, wow, we were all in that tiny restaurant together. And it was like, <laughs> such a packed night. And we have those photos too now. So it's, 
it's great to have sort of the dichotomy of the then and now, and we'll just see how it all morphs together here. In the yeah. Future. And I don't know if this is, uh, I'm not sure if this is in the guide or not, but what was, you know, like there's been just a lot obviously going on this year, this summer. Um, but, you know, also being able to photograph the black trans life matter street mural was just like so awesome and so inspiring. So in some ways having the guide uh, pause for a bit, you know, being able to shoot in the summer was great because, you know, you have light, you have green, you know, green, otherwise, you know, it would have been a lot in, um, in the winter, uh, which was fine, but, you know, it was really fun to um, kind of wander around when even with COVID, Andersonville is such, has such energy more than I feel like any neighborhood in Chicago, as far as like people out, um, safely out. But like, it was one of the first neighborhoods that I went to like, you know, post lockdown that I was like, wow, people are really enjoying the patios. And, um, so there's like so much great energy and it was awesome to be able to, to be able to photograph some of that, um, in between moments in the summer. Yeah. It's so interesting to be able to kind of capture, you know, and what an experience for you to be able to capture, like, these two really important moments in history kind of mm-hmm. in the same time span. Cause if this guide had, you know, gone to print and gone out the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis, wouldn't, ha- you know, it wouldn't have been, you know, and, and all the ev- events that came after it, which led to the black trans lives matter mural being um, yeah. painted on Catalpa, that wouldn't have been a part of your scope at all in terms of, of this particular guide. And so we're capturing, um, you know, these two really important events in history in this and also, yeah and also um the the mural but also I, you know it just it feels like andersonville has a lot of political energy um you know a lot of times i'd be walking around and you know from the sidewalks to like you know chalk chalk signs and so it was really cool to be able to like you said to to be able to see how that community especially comes together um to rally around important causes it's just really special i think something really special about andersonville well, you mentioned that your mom was a photographer, is a photographer, but do you have any other kind of people that you have, have been your mentors or people that have influenced you professionally or personally um, and kind of kind of shaped who you are as a photographer today? Yeah, I think um, obviously in the age of Instagram, it's sort of like overwhelming how, how much you can visually see. Um, I probably follow a billion photographers. Um, I'm really interested in photojournalism work, like I said. So the work of Ryan Christopher Jones, Diana Scruggs, um, but also like um, Vivian Muir is a huge inspiration. She was a Chicago street photographer, um, someone that you know was just discovered recently, but was always shooting, and I'm always shooting. So <laughs> I'm super inspired by it. sometimes when I think I've I'm tired of everything, I just pull out her book and I. And I'm like, oh no, just keep shooting, just keep shooting, because you just learn learn something new every time you just go for a walk and shoot, even if it doesn't seem interesting. Um, Annie Leibovitz, of course, um, but also from a really young age, uh, Richard Avedon was a huge inspiration when I was in high school. He's a, a portrait photographer, um, but really, I would say, also like aside from like professional like you know photographers, um, I just I you know, in the age of Instagram and so many visuals, I just, I love scrolling through everyone's photos. And I just think it's really interesting to see how people take photos and how they view things and how they see light or composition. And sometimes um, as a professional and someone who studied photography, you can get really caught up in the, um, like all of the specifics of photography, like the perfect, how to take the perfect photo. And so 
now that photography is so accessible to people, I love just seeing what people do and it helps me just like relax, loosen up, just, just don't worry so much. So I'm always trying to like unlearn the things that I <laughs> took so much time learning. And did you ever, you know, did, did you ever have like any other interest career wise, or this is sort of just what you knew you wanted to do and you launched right into it? Did you delve in other areas at all early yeah. on? Yeah. Um, so right after I graduated, I assisted for professional photographers for about three years um, and did some producing stuff. So that was really interesting. Worked for a lot of different photographers, learned a ton. I was really lucky to do that right out of college, but I kind of had like a, like a quarter life crisis at that point and was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I've never traveled. And so I moved to Japan and for two years and I lived in Japan um, and taught English. It was like the countryside of Japan. It was so beautiful. I was so burnt out on photography, but about a, six months in, I just started shooting with my film camera again. And just, re, again, that was where I started relaxing about taking photos. Um, I just was shooting a roll of film a day. It was my rule, roll of film, no matter what it was. And obviously being in a foreign place is really inspiring to me, especially. <laughs> so I did that and I came back and I jumped back into photography, but I started working at a studio and the studio, um, the guy who owned it, was also renting out a studio to do small events. And I really enjoy bringing people together, bringing communities together. So I kind of really got into that. Um, but we started hosting weddings. Long story short, this could go on, but um, we ended up partner partnering up um, and I co-owned an event venue in Logan Square for about four years. I've um, left there about five years ago now. So I was still doing photography during that whole period, but I was also managing staff and big events, big weddings and all that kind of stuff. So I guess that I obviously I did dabble in that and I still do event photography, but I left that event situation outside of photography because I really did. I really, photography has always been my passion. I really wanted to focus on that. It was getting to be not fun with that, with just like juggling everything. So. Right. And kind of with, um, you know, with film photography and digital photography, since, you know, you've worked with both, what do you like about one? What do you miss about kind of being able to just primarily shoot with film? You know, how, how do, how does that experience sit with you? Kind of the, the difference between the two? Yeah. So when I started, um, I, when I was in school, it was still film. So that like makes me sound really old, but it was just starting to get into digital as far as professional photography. But when I was assisting, it was all film. So we were loading up four by five film. So it, you know, everything just like took longer, but I think you like, you learn a lot, you know, you just like, you learn a lot about, um, having to do everything really perfect because you, you just, it's not immediate. You don't know if, you know, now you can take a photo and you're like, oh, the light, you know, the exposure is kind of off and you can just fix it immediately. Um, so I, I think we're into this like instant gratification with digital right now. Um, I have a hard time going back to film. I take out my film cameras all the time and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I just like, can't, <laughs> but I am working on a project right now and it's just kind of silly, but it's a way for me to just, um, loosen up and relax and have fun and be creative without, well, I still overthink it, but um, I'm just, I have a Polaroid, well, it's actually a Fuji instant um, camera and I'm just taking a, well, I take a few a day, but I pick one each day and I kind of use social media as a um, 
way to show it. So for a hundred days, I'm, you know, taking a Polaroid, um, which has been really interesting because you can't control much about a Polaroid. So I found myself being like super arty with that. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't know, it just, I, it's, it can be really hard to, I'm realizing how much pressure, you know, you can have on yourself with, with composition. So, so it's, I think it's apparent, like from your, your photographs that we've seen you take that you do have that film background because like, I just feel like the way that you capture light and reflection and all of that, like you can just, you can just see your expertise in this. So I just wanted to, to compliment you on your, on your, Thank on you. your work. That means a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Jamie, what's up next for you? Do you have any other projects in the works currently? What are, what is your early, um, springtime usually look like? Well, professionally, it's just like a really weird time for projects, um, for hire. Um, so many things have put on, been put on hold. Um, it's hard to know like how, what, what kind of restrictions we have as far as like being in the same room as people. Um, for example, today I had a portrait in a studio and it was one of the first, you know, port studio portraits that I've had. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really sure right now. Um, like I've mentioned a couple times, sorry, <laughs> not trying to, I, I really am, I'm really working on um, just kind of self-assigning myself um, projects um, that are a little more documentary. Um, I found myself um, shooting a lot about food disparity in the Midwest specifically. Um, in May, I started volunteering at a pop-up food pantry and um, it was just super inspiring. I wasn't there to take photos. In fact, I was trying to put down my camera and just like be of service. Um, but I did photograph a little and, um, and because the, the organizers actually were able to use those photos to help, you know, promote what they were doing and get more donations. Um, but I also then I have a friend who um, lives in Michigan and works for a farm and everything they grow goes to food pantries and those in need. So I've started following him around and, you know, just photographing um, really like the, about the community and the volunteers that are coming together to make this work at a time when sort of like our government's moving a little slowly to help people in need with aid, but like, yet you see communities just like jumping, jumping to the cause and really quickly and efficiently providing food and essential supplies for others. So I find it really inspiring and, I just would love to just continue to photograph that and like make it a bigger project um, within Chicago, but also like even the rural areas of the Midwest. So that's sort of like, it's my own project, but um, that's what I'm thinking about a lot right now. I've always wanted to, um, to see a series done of like family dinners, like okay. taken kind of from the vantage point of either like, you know, out, like an outsider's perspective, like outside a window or something like that. And like, and the different dynamics in which family dinners exist. Cause you'll see like the full table, the full spread, you'll see someone eating alone. You'll see someone eating over a sink, you know. That's, um, such a, that's a good idea. Maybe we can so, work on this project together. <laughs> yeah, I just Laura's think that saying, like- Laura's, uh, you have photography experience too, Laura, don't you? Yeah, I mean, from from years past, it's just all, that's always been a project that I wanted to do or had or seen someone put out there just to kind of yeah. show, like you're saying about the food disparity, is like that that those are like these like moments in time and that people kind of 
remember and people be like, well, we had these family dinners and people can't, some people can't relate to that. You know, some people don't have, you know, one meal that was cooked by, you know, one of the primary care caregivers and, and given in that way. And then you also get to see the shifting dynamics of, um, you know, what, what composes a family, right? Like, so it's yeah. not even like the meal aspect, but, but, you know, like be it, you know, a family that's all kind of genetically related or kind of a family of your own choosing. So, yeah, that sounds yeah. like a beautiful, a really beautiful project, especially the like kind of peak. I love that, you know, obviously like you've seen some of my work where I'm peeking in windows so that I just can mm-hmm. see that, you know, where you're as someone who's just as an onlooker and especially in these times where you're not really allowed in people's homes, you know, there's like this added kind of element to it. That sounds like a really cool, cool idea. Well, shall we move on to our rapid fire round? Sure. Well, first I want to, one of the rapid fire questions I want to hear is Jamie's favorite dive bar that she, Oh yeah. Um, I kind of was a dive bar connoisseur for a while there. Um, but I would say probably rainbow, rainbow, um, in Wicker park, my husband and I basically met there, um, back in the day. So that has like a really special place for me. Um, rainbow Wicker park. (laughs) What is your favorite Chicago pastime? Um, I would say eating Chicago is like some of the best restaurants. I really, I really, I haven't really eaten out since COVID. So, um, I really miss eating out, but we order in. A fair amount. So what's like your favorite meal to order in? You know, so my husband's a really, really good cook. So we actually do, he cooks a lot. And so I feel like our go-tos for, for delivery, something we feel like it's just like really solid delivery food is like Thai food. But also I have to like, say we are now recently obsessed with a new sandwich place called big kids over here in Logan square. It's like the wackiest sandwiches. You'll read it and you'll be like, no way, but it's, it's amazing. And uh, there's these things called spaghetti egg rolls. I don't know. It's crazy, but that's kind of like our new favorite thing to order in after Thai. All right. If you could travel anywhere right now for a job or for personal reasons, where would it be? Oh man. That's like a year's, almost a year's worth of daydreams to think. Of. <laughs> I love travel. So, um, I've been thinking a lot about Spain. I don't know. Just, um, also I would Spain for just for fun and, um, professionally, I think, would love to get an assignment to photograph something at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. So everyone who's listening, if you have yes. Olympic connections, please I, keep me in mind. Please. I even studied you just Japanese, never so. know. You even studied what? <laughs> Japanese. So you yeah, know I can ready. Get I'm ready. <laughs> and what has been so I'll just interject with like what has been your favorite place to visit so like mm-hmm. up to this point of non-travel? Well, my favorite place to visit and somewhere I would actually just like love to live is uh, Joshua Tree, California. I just love the desert. Um, I mean, I just find such like, I really connect with it. So that is probably like if I could go somewhere, you know, before it's just like Joshua Tree. Yeah, for sure. Like I like my dream is to have like to be old. I mean, older than I am, but um, and have a place in upstate New York. So I get like the fall leaves and then a place in the Palm Desert so that yeah. <laughs> I can have like the dry, arid, yeah, beauty of the desert. So I would like, it will never happen, but that is, that would be my, I, I've been stuck in my, in Chicago my entire life. Um, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I never go anywhere. So 
Well, it's like, it's right there. It's, I, I keep thinking like, is it, would it be okay to drive out there and spend like a month out there? <laughs> is it, would that be okay? <laughs> so. For sure. Yeah, I'd be all for it. I, I think this summer, especially it was nice to kind of reconnect. I mean, we go camping anyway, but um, yeah. just reconnect. And obviously I think a lot of people have had that same thought reconnecting with the road trip. So yeah, exactly. Um, Almost time. What would you say your most important? <laughs> Genevieve, do you want to ask this question? What would you say your most important lesson you've learned in 2020? I think just like how much, I mean, you always like, you take things for granted and everything, but man, you just, you really do realize that um, not being able to go out to eat, travel, see your family. I just, we never would have thought of it. So um, I know people have been saying that like this forever, like always have gratitude, but I, I, I think I finally get it. You know, you just, you really, that's the big lesson. You really have to have gratitude all the time. Even when you think things are kind of sucky or whatever, like then you go through this craziness and you're like, no, like it's just, you really do have to, the biggest lessons have gratitude for what you have and don't take things for granted. Yeah, absolutely. So, and with this kind of outlook that we have for a, a vaccine coming our way soon, you know, what are you, what are you most looking forward to for 2021? Definitely travel. Just like, I just, for me, I mean, for everyone, I think everyone likes to go new places. I, I just really thrive on any seeing new things, you know, and I, I love photographing new things. I like being in different kinds of light. I just can't wait to, to take advantage of travel. And no matter what that means now, like I, you know, before I'd maybe be like, oh, I'm not going to take spirit airlines. And now I'm like, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. Just right. <laughs> if I, it's if a I plane, it's got a seat for me. I'm going to get on it. Yeah. If it's safe, like fine. Like I'll sit next to 10 people for five hours, as long as I can just be able to keep experiencing new experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I normally go to, you know, New York at city at least once a year. And I just missed, I just missed that. We were supposed to go um, this past May and had to cancel that trip. But I was like, I just need a Broadway musical. <laughs> I just need something uh, on Broadway, you know, off Broadway, give me a show. Like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. We've had to like search for other ways for kind of inspiration for, you know, but I'm, I'm wanting to like not have to be like, it's so, such a novel moment now being able to go into a shop and, and you know, and, and pull inspiration from that. We just, you know, we had a, a business open in Andersonville in, you know, early part of December. And it was just like being able to go in there and like see new creative energy, you yeah. know, and how, how inspiring that was. So. Yeah. So like any, it, like you said, I mean, that's why, you know, even the season's changing. I mean, summer was so mm -hmm. great because there's like a little bit more of a freedom now that it's winter. It's like, what can we do to like change up the situation? So um, I think once, once the world is safer and we all feel more safe. It's just, we're all, I feel like it's going to be a very like giddy situation. <laughs> I don't know. We're all just like, I imagine all giggling and doing these things that we just always took for granted. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, we are so excited for this new neighborhood guide to finally come out and for everyone to experience your amazing work as we've been able to experience it over the course of this last year. Um, and we just want to let everyone know uh, distribution will look a little bit different this year, but we're still working that out. But if you want to reserve your own copy and make sure 
you have it sent straight to your mailbox, please visit our website and head to the neighborhood section at andersonville.org. Yeah. And thank you, Jamie, for joining us today on the podcast. Um, and thank you all for listening. For more information about you, Jamie, where can they find you? Um, so on Instagram, um, I'm J-A-Y-M-I-E-Y. <laughs> and where did that come from? It. You know what I, I just, I, my, I have a, my name is Jamie. It's kind of boring, but when I was a kid, I just thought it was really fun that there are a million different ways you could potentially spell it. Um, and so, you know, when Instagram started, I wasn't thinking about like professionally, it probably should just be my name. So it's just stuck. It's just a silly way to spell my name. Um, but yeah, my website is Jamie Kelter Davis, J-A-M-I-E kelterdavis.com. And thank you so much. I just had such a wonderful job working with Andersonville Chamber of Commerce, but also just meeting all the businesses. It was just the most lovely experience a photographer could have. So thank you again for, for letting me uh, shoot this for you guys this year. Absolutely. And for follow-up show notes on today's episode, you can all visit andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded via Zoom. We thank you for your listenership. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our production. Please email us at info at andersonville.org for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.